Well, welcome to you and a massive happy Christmas to you wherever you are today. Hey, I specifically wore this jumper because I wanted to say happy Christmas. But actually, I want to upgrade that greeting and wish you not just a happy Christmas, but a wonderful Christmas. Hey, anyway, enough of light up jumpers. When I wish you a wonderful Christmas, what I mean is I pray that during this Christmas season, you will have some moments that make you stop and wonder in a new way. According to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, the word wonder means rapt attention or astonishment at something awesomely mysterious or new to one's experience. Or if you prefer, from the Deke's Book of Definitions, something that makes you stop, drop and go wow. Now, I realise that for many of us, this season is looking anything other than wonderful and could well be for many of us one of the most challenging we've ever had. But the wonder I want to share with us today is not to do with the state of our circumstances, but something that's deeper, that's available to all of us. You see, there are different types and levels of wonder. There's the rather negative sense of wonder, which I wish you very little of. You know, I remember as a child, maybe kids you know this, that deep anxiety in the depth of your tummy as I wondered what present my Auntie X had got for me this year. Please, God, not another green plastic plate or another duster for which I have to write a thank you letter. I, I kid you not. But then there's the more positive sense of wonder that often comes as we engage with Christmas celebrations. You know, the one that sticks in my memory is that of being in church on Christmas Eve, seeing the lights on the tree, singing familiar carols and feeling a great sense of excitement as to what the next day may bring. But you know, above and beyond all of that, there is a deeper sense of wonder that comes from us grasping what this season is really all about. It's far more than reindeer and fat robins. Today, what I want to encourage you to ask God to help you experience is a fresh sense of wonder of what really happened 2,000 years ago. Let me remind you what we heard in our reading earlier as John described it. And remember that when John speaks about the Word, he's speaking about Jesus. The Word became a human being and, full of grace and truth, lived among us. You see, the core truth of what we believe Christmas is really all about is that at that first Christmas, God became a man. When Mary and Joseph held that tiny baby Jesus in their arms, he was a baby, like you were once. But at the same time, he was fully God. Now, I don't think that's something we can grasp with our minds, but it's something that demands a response of awe and wonder and worship. It's a time to stop, to drop and go, wow. Uh, the astronaut James Irwin is one of the few human beings ever to have walked on the moon. And yet when he did so, as he looked back at the earth, he experienced a profound sense of awe and wonder himself. And that caused him to pray for the first time in his life. And as he did so, this thought came to his mind. God walking on the earth is more important than man walking on the moon. So what does that mean for you and me this Christmas? How can that bring us into a more wonderful Christmas? Well, let's look at these two amazing truths briefly. So first of all, Jesus was and is fully human. Uh, Michael Lloyd in his book, Cafe Theology, he writes this. He says, when we say that the word became flesh, we don't mean he took on human sinews alone. 
We don't mean that Jesus was some sort of hybrid comprising a human body and a divine mind. No, he had everything that pertains to humanity and everything that pertains to divinity. He was and is fully divine and fully human. What a thought. Jesus was and is fully human, like you and me. Now imagine if we'd been able to look down a microscope at the makeup of Jesus' body. What would we have seen? You know, right down at the deepest level, the cellular level, the basic structures of life, it would have looked something a bit like this. And you know, it's pretty much the same as yours. It's amazing, isn't it? That's the degree to which Jesus shares your humanity and mine. He had a physical body like yours, same cell structure, a body that enjoyed food and drink, a body that got tired, he needed sleep to be replenished. But he also shared our experiences. He knows what it is to grow up, to learn new things. He went through puberty, he had a job, he had emotions, the highs and the lows, he experienced success and failure. In fact, you know, Jesus was so human that those who'd known him the closest and had seen him grow up, when he started teaching publicly, they said this, he's just the carpenter's son. And we know Mary, his mother, and his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. So what does that mean for you and me today? Well, let me put it this way. If someone not only sets up a company, but also invests all they have in it, then you know they believe in it. If God not only created us, but also became one of us, then you may know he believes in us and values us. It means that since you too are a human being, you have incredible dignity and value. You know, I've heard people say, I feel so blessed to be part of the same species as Shakespeare or Mozart or maybe Lionel Messi in this season. But hey, you are part of the same species as this Jesus, creator of all, redeemer and healer. This Christmas, pause and thank him. You are not a mistake. You are loved and you are valuable. You have what one writer calls unassailable significance. And that is something that requires a moment of stop, drop, and wow. Jesus was and is fully human, but there's more. Second, Jesus was and is fully God. You know, if someone were to ask you, what is God like? I wonder what you would say. Uh, I think for, for many, maybe you've heard this story of a child and they were drawing a picture and the parent asked that classic parent question, what are you drawing? To which the child said, God, I'm drawing a picture of God. Now the parent was confused and said, well, no one has seen God. To which the child responded, they will when I've finished. You see, for most of us, when we think of what, what is God like, I think the tendency is to start from what we think God should be like and then see who or what may align with that. Whereas actually the Bible says, if you want to know what God is like, look no further than Jesus. As John said, no one has ever seen God, but the one and only son, Jesus, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father has made him known. Look at the life of Jesus and we see what God is like. Or as Bill Johnson puts it, a pastor in the US, Jesus is perfect theology. So if we go back to our reading from John 1, we read this about Jesus. In the beginning, the word, Jesus, already existed. 
The word was with God and the word was God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created. What do we learn there? Well, we learn Jesus is eternal. God is eternal. He was there at the beginning. What a, what a great place to start in wonder. Yes, Jesus was born to Mary 2,000 years ago, and yet he has also always existed. Wow. And he's the creator of everything. Everything that you have and everything that you enjoy ultimately came from him. He made that cellular makeup in your body, and yet he came to share in them too. And he's also, he's the giver of life. Jesus has come to teach you and me how to really live. From this Jesus is an infinite flow of all the best things we can have. Love, joy, peace, hope, security, purpose. This is what God is like. Take any one of those three this Christmas. He's eternal. He's the creator, life giver. Stop, drop, and go, wow. That's how John described Jesus. But what do we learn about God from the Christmas story. You know, most would agree, this is how God decided he would announce his coming to earth, then as well as being eternal creator and life-giving, he's also humble. Imagine that, God revealing himself to us in this way as he did at Christmas. Do you know, in, in my imagination, sometimes I feel a bit sorry for some of the junior angels who were in the choir preparing to announce Jesus' arrival to the world. I imagine they've been practicing for ages, getting the words just right, foreseeing a huge crowd in a massive space, ready to welcome Jesus. Then the curtain is pulled back and they sing to shepherds and the king, he's a baby, son to an unmarried teenage mother, lying in a place where animals get their feed. This, this is our God, Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus Christ, fully God and fully man. And you know, I want to say today, if Jesus is God, there's really only one right response. For you and I, this Christmas, to be like the kings, to fall down on your knees, to worship and surrender. And this, this is surrender. Arms up high, not just once, but again and again and again. So actually, maybe right now, as I bring this message to a close in prayer, wherever you are, why not lift your hands with me as a sign either of first-time surrender or fresh surrender, of the wonder of Jesus and a desire to honour him and invite him afresh into your life. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, this Christmas, we gladly surrender to you afresh as we celebrate your birth 2,000 years ago. Help us in this season to experience moments of wonder, both in the ordinary things of life, but also as we marvel again that you have come as both God and man. In your name, amen. Well, I want to thank you for joining with us in this time. And all that's left to me is to wish you not only a happy Christmas, but also a wonderful Christmas too.